The girls' fathers, Bob and Marvin, each carried a briefcase full of cash with a tiny GPS tracker hidden in a false bottom. They were both taller than the kidnappers, and through the scope, Mac could read the pain on Bob's face. The behavior of the kidnappers was still bothering him, but there was nothing he could do except watch. The leader held out his palm and waved his pistol like it was a flag. He addressed the fathers in accented English. "'You're late!' We thin, perhaps you do not want your daughters back, eh? Sorry, Bob said, his breathing short and sharp. We took a wrong turn coming into the dam. The signs were confusing. The man grunted and glanced at the one with the knife. Check them. Knife man patted them down, searched their pockets, nodded the all clear. You have our money? Of course. Bob's voice came through deep and confident in his earpiece, although the armpits of his shirt betrayed his anxiety. "'Be courteous but strong,' Mac had advised him. "'Otherwise they won't respect you. "'Being a basketball coach undoubtedly helped.' "'And you have our daughters,' Bob said, a statement, not a question. "'He held out the briefcase. "'Here's the money. We didn't contact the police.' "'Several kidnappers gave a hearty laugh. "'The leaders smirked. "'We wouldn't be here if you had, Gringo, "'but your daughters would be with bullets in their heads.' He gestured to a kidnapper wearing a red bandana around his neck. Abrilos, he ordered, and the man took both briefcases and unclipped the locks. It's all there, two hundred thousand dollars. With his palms open and his bulky gut, Marvin looked like a preacher calling for the collection plate. Ah, my friend, Benjamin Franklin, the gaunt-faced leader grinned at the piles of hundreds. He turned to the man with a bandana. Count it. Transfer it to our bag. Mac's earpiece crackled, and Freckles' voice said, "'Sierra Six will lose the trackers if they transfer the cash.' "'Roger that, so long as we get the girls out safe,' Mac replied. Down at the rendezvous, Marvin turned toward the van. "'Now, will you please give us our daughters?' He phrased it as a statement, an expectation. After an arrogant pause, the leader gestured at Knife Man, who opened the rear door and pulled two girls out, their mouths taped and hands bound in front. Mac froze. The breath choked in his throat. He closed his eyes for just a moment to suppress the memories, bitter and hard, and took deep breaths to clear the stabbing pain in his heart. He forced the memories back to the dark place he kept them hidden, even from himself. When he opened his eyes, he could see it wasn't Sophia and Danny they had dumped on the ground. These girls were Latinas, probably no more than twelve or thirteen. That's why the bastards were so confident. They'd kept Sophia and Danny, and now they could take the cash without being tracked. And they would demand more, he was certain. But why bring these other girls along? What was the point? He twisted his head slightly and said to Termite, Get photos of the girls. It might be important. This could all be some kind of weird performance. Marvin turned to face the leader. There's some mistake. What do you— Knife Man stepped forward and punched him square in the face, knocking him to the ground. Then he grabbed the shorter of the girls and pressed the knife at her throat. Through the scope, Mac could see the terror on her tiny face, eyes widening in fear, tears streaming down her cheeks. Knife Man's yellow teeth formed a warped grin. The van door was open, but from this angle, Mac couldn't see inside. Freckle, Scotty, you guys spot Sophia or Danny? Negative, Mac. There are no other girls in the van. Fuck. Marvin struggled to his feet, tentatively touching his nose. Blood streamed down his face onto the sand. The leader gestured with the pistol again. A mistake? Huevos. 
He turned to his men and waved his arms. Pendejo! Perhaps de gringos de don't like speak cheeks, eh? said Knife Man, waving his blade. It flashed in the sun. Bob took a step forward, tears streaming down his cheeks. Come on! We've paid you the two hundred thousand you asked for. Surely you can understand we'd like our own daughters back. A licorice scent flared in Mac's nostrils, a sign of his inner fear that he'd learned to read over the years. A sudden chill flowed through his veins as the blood pumped through him. His inner rage and fear were warning him that he needed to do something, and fast. "'I have a bad feeling about this,' he said on the radio. "'When I give the word, take them down.' He kept his voice steady, gritting his teeth to try and shove the brewing storm back where it belonged. "'Do you think your daughters are only worth two hundred thousand? "'These putas are what you get for that. "'See, otters pay much more.' Knife man said, twisting the head.